Well, praise the Lord, everybody. I am Evangelist Janice Nelson, and I want to welcome you to season four of Broken Vessels Mended and Whole, a weekly women's Bible study podcast. Today is Sabbath Sunday, August 20th, the year of our Lord, 2023. In this Bible study podcast, we address various issues that break the spirit of women and then seek to promote women's spiritual wholeness and well-being with lessons learned from the Word of God. Ladies, let's pray. Our God and our Father, we bow our heads and humble ourselves before your throne of mercy and of grace. As we begin our Bible study, we ask you to join us in the study of your Word. Anoint my lips of clay so that your Word goes forth in spirit and in truth. Hide me behind the shadow of your cross so that you only are seen and heard in this Bible study. Anoint us with strength and self-care today and always. Bless us with patience and wisdom. Encourage us to choose your way and to behave well. Lord, lift us up for your blessings today. Will you bind the powers of the spirit of darkness so that not one evil deed is met against this ministry or these your people. Bless each person within the sound of my voice and be you glorified. In Jesus' name, I ask all of these things and give you thanks for answered prayer. Count it as done by faith and in accordance with your word. Amen. Ladies, there is a marked difference between complaining to God and complaining about God. When you complain to God, it shows that you realize who God is. You bring your complaints to God, pouring out your heart before him, and then trust him to act and to work, perhaps by resolving your situation or by giving you the grace to stand amidst the difficulty. This is what God wants us to do. On the other hand, when you are angry, and disappointed with God, or question his goodness in the midst of your struggles, or are disappointed with God's response to your prayers, you give him a piece of your mind and complain about him. The issue of our complaining does not concern our freedom to cast our cares upon God or to bring to him our cries and complaint. Christ purchased for us this amazing privilege. The issue concerns the right to complain about God or to question his wisdom, goodness, and righteousness in his governing of affairs, the affairs of the world or and or our personal circumstances. Put another way, can we as created, sustained, and dependent on God for all things complain against a God of perfect power and goodness who always acts in perfect righteousness, who always desires the best for his people? Or can finite and fallen people sit in judgment over the source and standard of all righteousness? Join me in the leap of faith of trusting God and his word to transform our bodies, our minds, our hearts, and our spirit as we take an exciting journey of self-care because self-care equals self-love. And to that end, today's episode is titled, Stop Complaining About God. Ladies, the Greek word translated complainer means one who is discontented with her life or with her lot in life. Christians 
Complaining is destructive, personally crippling, and serves only to make our witness to the world more arduous because no one is going to be attracted to a religion whose adherents are dissatisfied with life and who continually grumble and complain, especially about their God. As Christians, we are challenged not to grumble or complain. Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 through 15 says, Do all things without murmuring and disputing, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. In this text, the Apostle Paul uses terms that were previously used in the Old Testament to describe Israel's complaints during the Exodus. And it speaks about our attitude toward the providence of God, towards one another and towards an ungodly world. The emphasis is on the phrase, all things, and the command is dispute not with God, but let God do what seems good to him. Also, dispute not with your fellow Christians, nor raise accusations against them. John Calvin and Martin Luther were two of the greatest leaders of the Reformation, which was a major movement in Western Christianity that posed a religious and political challenge to the Catholic Church and also challenged papal authority. When Calvin was told that Luther had spoken ill of him, he said, let Luther call me devil if he please. I will never say of him, but that he is a most dear and valiant servant of the Lord. This is how we as believers should be towards each other, not grumbling and complaining about each other, but through the display of a non-complaining spirit show ourselves to be true followers of God. Again, Philippians 2 verse 15 says that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God. The Greek translation of being blameless and harmless is hornless, meaning we are a people who not only do no harm, but could do no harm because like sheep that will not devour we cannot devour. It is contrary to our nature because we do not have teeth with which to bite, nor fangs with which to sting, nor poison which, with which to slay. Modern Christians should not be like the rebellious Hebrews who were constantly grumbling and complaining and disputing with God during their wilderness sojourn or experience. Rather, we are to be the lights in the world and not merely lights, but luminaries or heavenly bodies. When we fulfill our place as lights in the world, our lights will be used to make things evident to guide, to be used as warnings, to bring cheer, and to make things safe. Being in a dark place like an ungodly world is a much greater incentive to shine as opposed to grumble and complain. 
First Peter chapter four, verse nine says, use hospitality one to another without grudging or grumbling. Love will show itself in hospitality and Christians should display hospitality to others without grumbling and complaining about one such thing or another. Grumbling and complaining are signs of displeasure and depict a spirit that is the opposite of cheerfulness. So is there anything good about complaining? Well, yes, sometimes complaining can foster a sense of validation in the complainer if his or her thoughts are shared by the people around them. And this will bring about a sense of connectedness with other people. And let's face it, complaining opens the door for people to commiserate over things that they are upset about. When other people recognize and acknowledge your pain, which is often expressed by complaining, it validates your experience, makes you feel good, provides momentary connection with others and reinforces your sense of self. Where we often get into trouble is by reinforcing our ego with negative aspects of our communication with too much complaining. When this happens, we tend to drive people away as opposed to connecting with them. Most people do not seek to engage with chronic complainers. Chronic complaining is a destructive behavior in human relationships and dangerous to the spirit or the spiritual or church family, especially during times of hardship. James chapter five, verse nine says, grudge not one against another, brother, unless ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. Times of hardship can cause us to be less than loving with our Christian brothers and sisters. James reminds us that we cannot become grumblers and complainers in our hardship lest we be condemned even in our hardship. Jesus comes as a judge, not only to judge the world, but also to assess the faithfulness of Christians, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. In light of this, we cannot allow hardship to make us unloving towards each other. And talking about fellow Christians, complaints such as nobody ever checks on me, nobody ever visited me, and they never tell me that I'm doing a good job can become chronic. And if given enough latitude, these complaints will harden attitudes towards other Christians to the point that the relationship is broken. There's always room for constructive criticism, but bitter grumbling and complaining should be left behind. In the church and amongst believers, chronic complaining is evidence of our attitude about God. In Jude chapter 1, verse 16, Jude describes the attitude of false teachers saying, these are murmurers and complainers walking after their own lust and their mouth speaketh great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. Grumbling and complaining are followed by being malcontent 
literally a person who is dissatisfied and rebellious. And Jude noticed that the methods of the murmurers and complainers all revolved around words. On top of their questionable lives, they were essentially a people of deception, departing from the foundation of Jesus Christ, the apostles, and the prophets. Chronic complaining leads the believer to believe that God has withheld what they need or deserve. Ironically, this was the very attitude that led to the first sin introduced into the world. The first complainer was Adam, who, after he and Eve disobeyed God, complained to God in Genesis 3, 12. And he didn't just complain to God, he complained about God, saying, the woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I did eat. In his complaint, Adam blamed God for his sin and was unkind to his wife. Since the day, that day in the garden, Satan has used this technique to lead many people away from God. Likewise, convincing the believer that God is unfair always leads to a spirit of complaining about God that leads people away from God. Also, Moses cried out to the Lord repeatedly for deliverance from the Israelites, grumbling and complaining in Exodus chapter 17, verse 4, which says, And all the generations of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness of sin after their journeys, according to the commandment of the Lord, and pitched in Rephidim, and there was no water for the people to drink. Wherefore the people did chide with Moses and said, give us water that we may drink. And Moses said unto them, why chide with me? Wherefore do ye tempt the Lord? And the people thirsted there for water. And the people murmured against Moses and said, wherefore is this that thou hast brought us up out of Egypt? to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst. And Moses cried unto the Lord saying, what shall I do unto this people? They be almost ready to stone me. Here the Israelites complaining about being thirsty mirrors that of the Christian journey. When we complain, our spiritual growth produces greater thirst and God allows us to thirst and to hunger in order to teach us where our provision truly comes from. God had just tossed Pharaoh, the most powerful man in the on the face of the earth, around like a toddler with a rag doll. And not only did God humble Pharaoh, but he brought his broke his spirit and exposed his impotence. The Israelites or Hebrews were slave people and their God left Pharaoh and his nation in shambles. This was a display of power that sent vibrations throughout the world, inspiring fear, and awe. Yet the Hebrew response to their spectacular deliverance from Egypt was not primarily praise, worship, and wholehearted trust, but grumbling and complaining against God and his servant Moses. 
and murmuring and quarreling with each other. There is no water, Moses. There is no beef, Moses. My feet have blisters, Moses. Who died and named you the boss, Moses? Are we there yet, Moses? Spiritual amnesia set in quickly, covering the eyes of the Hebrews' heart, and they forgot God's gracious, miraculous deliverance. Forgetting God's deliverance and provision is a deadly sin. The Hebrews, on the hills of unthinkable miracles, with their pockets full of Egyptian jewelry, grumbled at their less than five-star accommodations in the desert. This was not just headache-induced grumbling or low blood sugar complaining. It was faithlessness grumbling and complaining about God. The Hebrews grumbled at their enslavement, grumbled when Moses came and still grumbled as they wandered safely in the wilderness. Their complaining was not rooted in their scenery, but in their heart. And unfortunately, we can be just like the children of Israel. When will dinner be ready? We haven't leftovers again. What did you spill? All grumbling, whining, and thanklessness are not your heart's responses to your to circumstances, but to to and about God. A grateful heart and thankfulness does not depend on your bank balance, doctor's diagnosis, or the praise that we get for a job well done. Thankfulness and grumbling, regardless of your situation, including your suffering, reflect your heart. Spiritual amnesia is a deadly sin that threatens your faith and your joy. It penetrates to the core and rots your heart from within. Now, here's the tough part. How do we keep ourselves from complaining about God? Well, one way is by remembering all that God has already done for us. Take a moment to look back at God's fingerprint all over your life and remember that God's plan and purposes are always greater than your problems. Romans chapter 8 verse 28 tells us that all things work together for good to them that love God and them who are called according to his purpose. When we keep complaining, we display a lack of faith in God. Another way we keep ourselves from complaining about God is by remembering Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 through 24, where the apostle Paul provides a list of characteristics, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness and temperance or self-control, collectively called the fruit of the spirit. We understand that self-control means that self is not allowed to interfere with the ways of God. 
In Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8, the Lord says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. If we can get self out of the way, we will not question that God has our best interest in mind, regardless of what we are facing. In addition, ridding our lives of unnecessary stressors will also alleviate the habit of complaining about God. If you are engaging in activities that upset you, it may be time to stop doing or participating in those activities. Obviously, you know, you cannot block every and all of the stressful events in your life, but you can rid yourself of those that have little or no purpose in your life. It is wrong. It is, excuse me, it is not wrong to complain to God, but it is wrong to complain about God. Those in the scripture who did met that anger of the Lord as was the case of Moses' sister Miriam in Numbers chapter 12. Remember that she resented Moses' sole leadership of the Israelites. She opposed his authority. And although the conversation took place between Miriam and Aaron, only Miriam was punished because she was the instigator in the attack against Moses. And therefore God, as punishment, Miriam became leprous like snow. Also, uh, Korah in Numbers chapter 16, believing that he could do a better job than Moses was doing, leading the people, usurped the authority of God, gathered 250 men and led a revolt against God and his divinely appointed leader, Moses. They spoke against God's servant and in so doing spoke against God to lead his people, Israel, God has selected men of his own choosing. God had no interest in holding a popularity contest, collecting resumes, or letting someone appoint himself to the position of prophet, priest, or leader. Korah's problem was not that he was unqualified, humanly speaking, for the position, but that he was arrogant, stiff-necked, and self-promoting. Korah attempting to install himself as the leader ironically claims that or claimed that Moses set himself above the Lord, Lord's assembly. It was a classic case of the guilty person accusing someone else of his own misdeeds. But God did not call Korah. He called Moses. And you can read about that in Exodus chapters three and four. For his or this act of rebellion, God threatened to destroy the whole congregation and sent a plague among them. However, Moses and Aaron interceded for the rebels and averted a complete catastrophe. In the end, 14,700 Israelites died. And you can read about that in Numbers chapter 16, verses 41 through 50. God calls whom he chooses and equips them for service. In Psalms chapter 105, verse 13, God warns us, touch not my anointed and do my prophets 
no harm. If we must complain, let it be to God about our own sinfulness so that he will forgive and cleanse us and put us a new and put within us a new heart, one that rejoices rather than complains. Ultimately, to prevent chronic complaining, we throw ourselves on the mercy of God. We recognize what he has already done for us and know that he has our best interests in mind. Also praying daily for a spirit of contentment that prevents complaining will result in God himself or God helping and protecting us. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole. If this ministry has been a blessing to you and you want to support it, we have several ways in which you can do that. First, via the Tidely app at Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole. Second, at Givelify, G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y. You may donate to Broken Vessels, hyphen, Mended and Whole. Or you may mail whatever gifts you feel loved, led to give to Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole. We are a 501c3 nonprofit religious organization located at P.O. Box 34637, Los Angeles, California, 90034. Please join me next week for another episode of Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole. In the meantime, take good care and may God continue to bless you and all those you hold near and dear. Amen.